Hey, I'll take it. Look, all right? Look, women are great. Women are great, John, really? <laughs> they are. Women are. I love women. <laughs> got to be one of my favorite genders. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Out of uh, one of one of 84. 98. <laughs> 98. There's 98. In counting. And welcome back, y'all, to the Audacious Podcast, the show where we talk about how to live differently and think differently. I'm Talon Bowman, your host for this podcast, and joining me today, I have two wonderful guests. I have Leah Boswell. Hi, thank you so much. Of course, glad to have you here, and Jean Chappelle. This is me. (laughs) (laughs) So excited to have both of y'all on this podcast. And before we do jump into things, I do want to quickly give both of y'all a bit more of a proper introduction. So Leah, if you would, quickly tell us your hometown, your major, and your favorite band or artist. Ooh, okay. So hometown, I'm from Goldsboro, North Carolina. Um, Seymour Johnson Air Force Base, baby. That's about all we're known for. (laughs) Um, My major, I am an environmental science major with a Spanish minor. Currently loving Spanish minor more than anything else right now. Um, And then my favorite band, I don't know. I've been listening to a lot more of KB and Maverick City. Okay. Oh my gosh, I'm loving them right now. Yeah, KB is so good. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you, like, I've been listening to him. I think since whew, Tomorrow We Live, mm. it's like one of his 2014 albums. He is so good. Yeah, I've been listening to him since last semester. So <laughs> no, no. we appreciate it. So mm-hmm. I do want to backtrack a little bit. You mm-hmm. said your major is environmental science. Mm-hmm. So what are you hoping to do with that? Uh, probably do either outreach and education or conservation. Um, I really like the working outside part, not being in an office all the time, because I work with my hands. I like that so much better. But I also enjoy educating and like teaching children and working on things like that. Very nice, very nice. Well, Leah, mm-hmm. it's such a pleasure to have you. Yes, thank you so much for asking me. Of course. And we also have Jean Chappelle. Let's hello, go. Hello, hello, hello. hello. <laughs> Jean, if you would quickly tell us your hometown, your major, and what's your favorite movie? Yes. Okay. So hometown is everywhere. I've lived all over the place. Um, born in Kentucky, uh, but was uh, I finished in Easley, South Carolina. So, you know, give it up for the E. Um, and then uh, my major is Christian studies with a concentration for youth ministry. Very nice. Love the kids. Love Very the nice. kids. Um, you know, they're knuckleheads, but they're good. They're good. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's a little bit about me. And your favorite movie? Yes. Oh, my favorite movie. Can I take a guess? Please. Is it, oh goodness, oh what is it? Um, uh, Forrest Gump. Oh, Forrest, For- no. Okay, it's actually not Forrest Gump, but that is a very, <laughs> like that's up there. That's gotta be at least one, one B. I'll give it one B. Okay. One A, um, ATL. ATL. You've probably never never heard of that. No, literally, you could live your entire life without seeing that movie, and you would live a great life. Um, But if you do see it, your life will be that much better. Mm. Okay. So so good. If you would give us like a quick summary, what's it about? Yes. Okay. Rashad is a teenager. He is learning himself. Right. Um, His parents passed away, and he's having to run the house. He lives with his uncle and his younger brother um, in Atlanta. Uh, he's got a couple friends. Uh, they're just graduating high school, you know, making it through, saying what they're going to do in life. And, uh, yeah, at the end of the movie, all is well. 
Very nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, John, it's great to have you on the podcast. Thank, Thank you for being I'm here. I'm so excited. Just a smidge nervous, but I'll get over it. Of course. Now, before we do get to the main part of the podcast, yes. I do have a question right. that I ask every guest that I invite to the podcast. So, John, we'll start with you. Perfect. What is your hottest take? What is Ooh. your most unpopular opinion? Mm. Adidas is better than Nike. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yep. Yep. Three stripes over checks. Uh, I would say the reason is Nike was always cool, and it always will be cool. Um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people don't know that uh, Jordan and Nike are the same, and I think that's hilarious. It's weird. How would you not know that that's the same? They think it's its own brand, and it is essentially, uh, but it's also still Nike. Um, so expensive. So expensive. Um, and then Adidas, you know, they're very generous. They're very, uh, they love the sales. They lo- like, I love going into the Adidas store and everything's 50% off, right? Yeah. And they give you the additional 30%, so it's 80% off. And you're like mm. buying shoes that are like $120, you know, for like so way less than that. Mm-hmm. Dang. Okay. And it's so good. Okay. I was it's under so the good. impression that uh, Adidas was more expensive than Nike. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? So like, maybe maybe by like, you know, retail price. But if you're taking into account like the discounts, then maybe right. Adidas yep. is going to be a lot cheaper. Right, right. Um, when was the last time that Nike invited you to come to their factory to buy their stuff Ooh. for discounted prices? Fair point. Probably never. Mm. Yeah. Adidas does. That's That's true. That's good. I, you know what? I can't argue that. <laughs> I love debating. I love arguing for the sake of discussion, but mm. you make a really good point. <laughs> so I'll take it. Hey, John, thanks for sharing, man. Yeah, dude. Yes, sir. Okay, Halia, how about you? What would you say is your hottest take? I don't know if it's my hottest take, but it's a very strong opinion that I have. Mm. Um, I believe, personally, that steak <laughs> is overrated. Um I don't know if it's because every time I've had it, it's just not been cooked right. I don't know. My family all likes it well done. And so whenever we have steak at home, it's always well done. And I always say, hey, you're chewing on a leather belt. Amen. And so (laughs) it just it's never hit for me. Uh, Not to mention, I have a whole bone to pick with the beef industry and whatnot. Mm, Okay. question. Mm. How do you like your steak cooked? Uh, Medium to medium well. Okay. Yeah, we could be friends. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah I was. I was going to ask. What do you yeah. mean by overrated? Do you mean you just don't like it in general, or do you think people hype it up? too I think much? people hype it up too much, honestly. Mm. 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 And I mean, it could just be that I grew up differently and we had steak more often, or something. I don't know. Yeah. But that's just what I think. <sighs> mm. Mm. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a well, good point. Leah, I love you as a friend. But yeah. I cannot agree. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I can't agree. I love That's me some okay. steak. And that, that is okay, right? That's okay. That absolutely. Even though we disagree on this, mm-hmm. even though I think steak is absolutely phenomenal, mm. and you don't, you know, we can still be friends. And I can still love you as much as a friend as I did before. Mm-hmm. Mm, that love. Yeah. But that's not how most of the world thinks. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we live in a society, I feel like, where conditional love yeah. cool. is the norm. Mm. Right. If let's say you don't have the same view I do on values, on religion, Mm -hmm. on politics, even Mm -hmm. if you don't really share the same interests I do, Mm -hmm. it's almost like it's our default that we then reserve some of that love that we're giving to that person. Right. 
and we take it back, right? Mm. Should that be okay? Should that be accepted? Like, should we, as people, love those who have the same values, interests, ideologies more and show less love to the ones that don't? Mm, as a Christian, no. Ooh, yeah, no. No. Mm. Um, but everybody loves in different ways. Everybody's love looks different. Um, you know, some people, some people can decipher between um, treating people fairly and also um, treating everybody kind of equally and, and loving in that way. Um, whereas others are more, they show their love in like a physical way, like more of like, like touchy-feely kind of thing, you know, but not, like, not in that way or anything like that, um, you know. And, and you have some people who share their love in aggressive ways as well. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Leah, what do you think? Can you repeat the question one more time? Because I want to make sure I answer the question and not yeah. go, on, go on a tangent. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, that's why I stopped. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I stopped. <laughs> no, but tangents are welcome. I would love to okay. dive on the side roots of this topic. Okay. But... Um, the question was, should it be okay that we show more love to people that have the same values, the same ideas, uh, same religion as us, and show less to the ones that don't? Yeah, no, I don't, I don't believe that's, that's right. Mainly because, I mean, the whole point of Christianity is literally we were broken and Jesus loved us. We were as different as we could be from Jesus, even though we were made in his image. Yeah. And he still chose to love us un- yeah. love us unconditionally. Yeah. And this past Sunday, when we were at Hope Fellowship, he literally preached on, what is it called? The practice of love. And he talked about how Jesus has unconditional commitment, that God chooses to love us based on his commitment rather than his current preferences. Mm. And I feel like we live in a society that all of our actions are currently based on our current preferences. So in the moment, I could prefer to like someone who believes what I believe. And if I change my beliefs, then I could prefer to like someone, love someone else who has those beliefs. And it's just like, if you've, even when you look at social media, mm-hmm. everything that we're being fed, yeah. it's all being to our preferences. And no one's willing to really open their mind mm. to things that are different. Yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. That is good. We can tend to love based on our preferences. Like, it's easy to talk about unconditional love. But then we run into people that we know, okay, they have a different religion than I do. They believe in different um, ideologies or have a different view on politics than I do, right? Mm -hmm. It's easy for us to sort of internalize that view of them without even realizing it. And what I mean by that is when we're thinking about unconditional love, it's easy to show love to the people that we're close to and close yeah. friends, people that we're around. But then as we see like and interact with the people that we know think differently from us, live differently from us, yeah, we can try to show love to them, but it's like those thoughts immediately as we see them, oh, right, that person doesn't have the same views that I do. If we're subconscious about it, we can treat them just as people, like they're existing and not actually go about and love them mm-hmm. like we should, right? right. So... How do we overcome that? How do we overcome those judgments that can sort of set in our hearts toward people? Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, okay, so I'll, I'll point us to, to a scripture. First John 4, 8, um, it says, The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. Um, that's, a, that's a great question, Talon, because it's like when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, when you're filled with God, you can't help but love. Because of the love that God has showed you. 
you know, I'll, I'll get a little personal for me. Like when I know what I'm praying, um, it's like, you know, Lord, help me to love, um, but even more so to love so hard that others feel, um, that others, um, what do I say? Basically what I'm saying is like, let me love so hard that others feel the effects of love. That's what it is. Right. Um, so it's like, you know, how do you do that? Well, that's, that's um, having the mind of Christ. You know, the Bible says that who knows the depths of God, that's the Holy Spirit. Because we have accepted Christ into our hearts, we now have Christ-like minds. So now we get to think the thoughts of God. We get to respond in the way that God wants us to respond by letting the Holy Spirit lead us. Um, so it's like when, when you have that, um, you know, the love that, that, is, that Paul talks about in the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, <laughs> um, you know, it's that love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, is not boastful, is not arrogant, is not rude, is not self-seeking, is not irritable, and does not keep a record of wrongs. It says that love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. You know, going back to your question, it's easy to become irritated with someone who does not like God. Mm. That That is very open about it and is very close-minded to that. Um, even family members, that's hard too. You know, when there's someone in your family that that resists the love that you try to show them because they know that you're a Christian or because... You know, you're just filled with that God stuff. Um, that's hard. Uh, yeah. that's, that's definitely hard. Um, and how do you go about that? Um, you know, because the easy answer is, oh, I'll just pray for him. You know, of course, that's good. Yeah, do that. Um, but then how do you respond? How do you, how do you show in your actions? How do you love them? Um, love your enemies. Not, do not curse them. Mm. Um, that's hard. Yeah. That's hard. Um, and it's easy to do when you create this narrative in your mind where it's like, you know what? They don't care. Fine. I don't care either. Whatever. To heck with them. Um, you know, and, and you just treat them any kind of way. That's, that's hard. That's yeah. hard. Yeah. Going back on the thing you said earlier when <clears throat> you said something along the lines of um, when you know someone and you love them, it's so easy to to know someone like I'll use John for example like mm-hmm. oh let's say I grew up with John and I know him but his behavior has been really bad lately he's been treating people wrong mm. and I, I was like no it's okay making up excuses and like we should still love him because I know how he grew up like I know his story and yes we should still love him but let's say I I don't know you talent and you come up treating people all sorts of different ways and making mm. us feel some type of way yeah. and whatnot and then we are like, oh, we can't show him love because he treated us this way. Because we don't, because we don't know your story, doesn't mean we shouldn't love you any less. Mm. So the condition of knowing your past does not change anything. We should all love equally in that manner. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That that is really good. And and that that's exactly like taking along the like taking along the lines of loving like like Christ would. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because it's like you're exactly right. If Talon's coming up and we don't know his story and he's just acting in a kind of way, it's like, yo, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Like, why are you being like that? Um, you know, fine, we'll just, you're an outcast. We don't, yeah. whatever. Yeah, that's the point where you take them in and love mm-hmm. them harder. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. sort of the that's sort of the point that I was trying to go off of. Mm-hmm. In this situation that we're talking about, it's easy to let those judgmental thoughts sit yeah. when yeah. they first come in. And if we let them sit, if we let them take roots and grow, 
then that can interfere with our ability to love them because yeah. those thoughts are going to keep coming back every time we see them. So how do we overcome that? Mm, take every thought captive. Ooh. Yeah. Um, you know, I wish we could literally do that, but what do we have, like 50-something thousand thoughts a day? Really? Um, but, you know, those negative thoughts that you have, take those thoughts captive. Um, something that's always helped. Um, How would you explain taking thoughts captive? Yes. Uh, so those thoughts that you get, the ones that kind of wander off a little bit, mm-hmm. that make you kind of, like the ones that bring up inside of you, like anger. Like the ones that, you know, like you 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 get this image in your mind. Um, you know, like let's say... I remind you of someone that you grew up with, mm. right? And I do something that reminds you of them. And it's like, in your mind, you're thinking about what happened and now you're upset, right? And you're angry and you're mad about that. And then it's like, now you start being angry and mad towards me. Um, but it's like, no, take that thought. Hey, like, God, this is not them. I'm not in that situation anymore. Um, take this thought from me because I know if I hang on to it, then... I'm 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 going to be this way towards this person. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what it, that, that's kind of what helps me um, in situations where it's like I want to dog somebody out, mm-hmm. you know, or or things like that where it's like you know it's like no God, um, they're yours. Help me to see them the way you do. Oh yeah. Um, even even like you know loving people as yourself. Like I wouldn't want to tr- I wouldn't want to be treated like that. So why should I do it? You know. So it's the golden rule, right? <laughs> Uh, from Matthew, you know, um, yeah, treat treat others the way you want to be treated. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I know one thing <laughs> growing up that I, my mom would always play, we'd always listen to his radio, just basically Christian music on the way to school in the yeah, mornings, on yeah. the way back. And there was one song that always came on and it was, um, I want. I don't think it's Toby Mac. I want to mm. say it was Toby Mac, but I don't think it was Toby Mac. Okay. Well, and I am a diehard Toby Mac fan. <laughs> I know. So if you say the lyrics, I'm going to tell you whether it's Toby Mac. It was one of the lyrics was, um, "Help me to see through your eyes. Help me to see the world the way you see it." Brandon Heath, right? Mm, I don't know, but that sounds so familiar. Yes. It was like, Give me your eyes so I can see. Yes. Yes. yes, yes. It's that one. Yes, that yes, one. Yes. And when you pray that and you yeah. ask God, hey, help me to see the world the way you see it. Help yeah. me to see my brothers and sisters in Christ. Help yeah. me to see these all these other people in the world the way you do. Because if I look through your eyes and I see them in your mm-hmm. image, I'll see a reflection of you. Ooh. And then I'm never going to treat Jesus that way. Or I'm never right. going to want to treat Jesus that right. way. So when you look at people as the image of God, you see that reflection of God. And it's not... As Christians, we're called to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to love people, and we're called to love Jesus. So if you see the reflection of Jesus, mm-hmm. why would you not want to love him, you know? Yeah. yeah. And taking thoughts captive. <laughs> Erica and Binky have been talking about that to me <laughs> so much, and it's, it keeps coming back into my brain. Yeah. And, like, for me, that sounded so hard to, like, literally capture your thoughts because they're immaterial. But I'm more of a tangible, like, hands-on person. I need to see things and touch them. But when you when – you, think those thoughts what helps me is to say it out loud or to like whisper it to myself because it makes it a physical motion it makes it a physical tangible thing I can do so it's like oh let's say uh, someone came up to me and like they slammed the door in my face and I would be like oh my gosh they're so rude why don't and instead it's like okay lord give me patience give me peace because and it's that's another thing patience oh my 
gosh. <laughs> don't pray for it. Oh, <laughs> don't don't pray grief. for it. No, no I, I want to pick up what you were talking about, too, um, about, like, asking God to let you see others the way he mm-hmm. sees them. You know what's, like, so beautiful about that, too, is that you will now be able to see yourself the way he sees you. The difficult part about that is the Lord will start to reveal even the sins that are deep within your heart, within you, um, so that so that way you can learn to kind of love yourself better mm-hmm. and forgive yourself. Um, because, you know, it's like you always hear it where it's like, oh, if you don't love yourself, you can't love someone else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In a way, that's very true. Oh, I got a good one. Yeah, okay. go ahead. Yeah, no, 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 no. So when you said the Lord will start revealing things in you, mm-hmm. sometimes things that cause us to not love others are mm-hmm. our own prejudices and yeah. our own it, like our own judgment. So when you yeah. you can't just say like, oh, you need to love them harder or try harder. You need to look deeper and like say, Lord, reveal these roots in me that are yeah. making me not want to love them. Like, why am I not wanting to love them? Right. Like, reveal that to me. Yeah. Because sometimes it's not what they're doing, but it's things that we don't know we have hidden in us. Right. Mm. That's good. That's good. And you don't know it's inside of you until it starts to come out. For real. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a lot of times when it starts to come out, we want to, and I know for me personally, I want to hide, I want to run, I want to isolate. But it's like, mm-hmm. no, the Lord is getting that out to move it out of the mm-hmm. way. The Lord is getting that out of you, not so that it can freak you out, but so that it can help you, so that mm. you can grow and mature in that. Um, because it's like, it's, it's in those times when the Lord is um, revealing things about yourself um, that you can finally put down and, and lay at the feet of Jesus yeah. and walk away without having that. Like, and think he oh, calls yeah. it a bungee cord. I a love that. <laughs> having, having, having the bungee cord um, to pull you back. Yeah. Um, you know, like I always get this image in my mind when I'm going through tough seasons. Um, even now, you know, it's like I'm going to fall. Right. But the only place I can land is in the arms of Jesus. Mm. That is the only place I can land. Yeah. Um, sometimes falling is good because when you fall, you know, I kind of like to think of it like this. A lot of people think of success as going up the ladder, but if you really think about it, the Lord's going deep with you. You're going down the ladder, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, like from, and, and this is just how my mind pictures it. Like I'm, I'm falling. I'm, I'm, I call it a failure, um, in my mind, but really I'm just falling in, into, into God's arms so that it's like another Ooh. level we get to walk. Because when um, you're falling, you let go of everything. Yeah. You can't hold on to nothing. You can't. And that's where he wants you. Exactly. Whereas you're going up a ladder, you're taking all that baggage mm-hmm. with you, and you're trying to climb up the ladder on your own. Yeah. Um, but it's when you step down. It's like stepping down off that pedestal that you put yourself on. And the Lord's allowing you to come down. Um, you know, that way, that way Christ can be on that pedestal, and you're not. You know, because it's like this image of you climbing up there trying to be with Christ. You know, because you— the Bible tells us to be like Christ, um, not to be Christ. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just that image of stepping down, moving out of the way. Yeah, I'd love to bounce off of that. Something that I've been learning recently mm-hmm. is, um, you know, it's easy when we're thinking about loving people better. It's easy to go in prayer and be like, Lord, would you help me love someone better? Would you let love pour out from me to them? Yeah. Uh, I heard a preacher preach this, and it was so good. Yeah. He's like, what if— we didn't pray, Lord, help me love this person better. We prayed, Lord, help me to know you better yeah. so that through my relationship mm-hmm. with you, yeah. your love can pour out of me into them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that was game-changing for me yeah. because the more I dive deep into this, the more mm-hmm. it is. It's God first loved, yeah. so we love. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like you pray that prayer, Lord, help me to love them better. And then you start avoiding them. And it's like, oh, I'm loving them better because now I'm out of the way and I don't have to look at them. I don't have to see them. Ooh. You know, and it's like. Uh, are you though? Yeah, yeah. Are, are you really? <laughs> nah, that's the thing. <laughs> love, love is demonstrated the most through actions. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think when people hear love, so many times we can think, "Oh, it's an emotion. Mm-hmm. It's what I feel for my family. It's what yeah. I feel." Don't for even get person. me started on media <laughs> and like Disney. Has love at first sight. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's a whole other podcast worth of information. Totally yes. is. But love, love isn't an emotion. Mm-hmm. Love is a choice. Oh, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. oh. <laughs> okay, yes, yes. Oh, you remember last semester when I'm looking at the board and I take mm-hmm. a step back and it's oh like... Oh my gosh, this yo. was amazing. Okay, tell the story. Yes, you tell the story. So, so last semester, oh my goodness, it was, it was. I was just struggling because I'm like, Lord, what does your love look like? For me, I, I need affection. Like, Lord, I'm not making a, my next move until you step off the throne and you come look me in my eyes and tell me that I'm okay. Until you give me a hug and tell me that I'm okay. I'm not moving. I'm not doing anything. You know, Leah's talking to me. Erica's talking to me. These are life-giving things, but it's in one ear and out of the other. Um, you know, and obviously you and, and others as well. Um, and I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Unless I hear it from the Lord himself, I'm good. Um, I don't know if you know these. Do you know these, Talon? It's like the four types of love in the Greek, right? So you have eros, which is like erotic and passionate love, which is, you know, you save that for your spouse. Um, <laughs> right. And you have like the philia, uh, the philia, phileo, yeah, mm-hmm. phileo love, which is like brotherly love, which is like where the city Philadelphia comes from, the city of brotherly love. And then you have storage, which is like parents love for their children. Um, and then you have agape love. The first three that I mentioned involve feeling. Mm. Agape is choice. Like, if you don't think God loved you, like, God was the one that planted a tree in the Garden of Eden, knowing that he was going to die on a tree one day and be cursed for all of humanity. You know, and it's like, that's a love that chooses. Think of Israel in, like, in all of their craziness, all of their disobedience. And even in Hosea, when the Lord's like, I'm going to call you, I'm going to call you um, no compassion. Because mm-hmm. I'm not going to have compassion on you anymore until the day I have compassion on you. That is a love that, that just burns with unconditional love because it's like there's nothing you can do to take God's love away from you. Um, I was having breakfast with Dr. Noble a couple of weeks ago, and I love what he said. He said, just imagine yourself in the palm of God's hands, right? No one, not Satan, not yourself, can unclench his fist. Because if you had the power to unclench God's fist, that makes you God. Ooh. Like, no one can undo that. No one can take God's love away from you. Yes, God um, disciplines those he loves. So you have John 3.16, right? You have this idea of God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life, right? Um, you have this, this moment on the cross when Jesus looks up to heaven and he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, right? And it's like Mark 15, 34 um, says this. 
in 30 seconds when I flip there. Just so uh, you audio listeners have a bit of a picture here, uh, John has the Bible open (laughs) on the table that we're recording this podcast on, and I'm loving it. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, Okay, so um, Mark 15.34 says, And at three, Jesus cried out with a loud voice. Uh, I'm not going to say that. I don't know how to say it. I'll try. No, I'll try. I'll try. Mm -hmm. L-O-I, L-O-I, Lama Sabachnia. L-O-I. Eloi? Eloi. I'm pretty sure. That's beautiful. I should have let you read it. Which is translated, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? It's this reversal of John 3.16, right? So it's like it is. it, it says, for God so loved the world that he abandoned his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him can experience his saving grace. We live in a culture in America where it's like if you follow the Lord, you get a promotion. You mm. follow the Lord, you get a new car. You follow the Lord, everyone loves you. You follow the Lord, anything you want is handed to you. Asking you shall receive, right? Do you think if the disciples were alive, if Paul was alive right now, that he would be like, yeah, I love that. Let's do it. No, it's terrible. God did not hold back on his only begotten son, his only son. What makes you any different? Mm. You're, you're not better than Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's God himself. If he didn't spare himself, he's not going to spare you. Yeah. But because Jesus took that wrath, right, you do have grace. Um, but like Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. Yeah. And I think that's a huge, mm-hmm. huge lesson to learn mm-hmm. is that even though we have tribulation in this world, mm-hmm. God doesn't love us any less when we're going through it. No. The reason we have tribulation in this world is because God loves us. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's huge. Yes. Because it's like, there's this one verse, and you're going to have to free me. I don't know the citation. Yeah, it's okay. But it's like, if your earthly father, our earthly fathers disciplined us for a time as they thought best, mm. but the Lord disciplines us for our good, so we may share in his holiness. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing. Fathers and mothers discipline their children because they love them and they want to see them grow and they yeah. want to see them live in the right way. Yeah. More so, our Heavenly Father disciplines us yeah. in ways that we don't even see it as discipline, I think, mm. because it's so easy for our own minds to see it as, yeah. oh, this is just awful. This is abominable. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to die here. Yeah. But it's, it's God disciplining us yeah. so that when he leads us yeah. through the valley of the shadow of death. Yeah. We're with him, and we've grown so much, and we're so much closer to him than we were before. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So going off of what you said earlier and, like, Mm -hmm. the culture we live in, we live in a self-centered culture. I'm not going to lie. Like, it's always me, me, me. What can I get? Like, Lord, give me this. Give me that. I want this. I want that. And so um, one of the quotes I got from one of the sermon this past Sunday Mm -hmm. was, Love is always giving itself away. Mm. If it is self-contained, it is not love. And that's by Robert E. Coleman for all you Mm. nerds out there who want citations. Um, (laughs) But no, it's like Jesus gave himself away. He came down on the earth, like John 3.16. He gave himself away. And if we keep asking like me, 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 we're not going to be looking up. We're going to be looking at our hands trying to receive instead of looking up at God to be like, Hey, what can you, what can I do? And if we're looking at what we have, we're not going to look at what he wants to give. Mm. And that's the thing is like, 
I've noticed in my prayer life, I've been saying, like, um, Lord, give me the eyes to see, like, give me the things to do, but Lord, help me to give myself back to you. And I've had to start saying that so that I can get my mind focused on not receiving his wisdom, but being able to be molded into the wisdom that he wants me to have and like the person he wants me to be. Because if I'm just sitting here, like holding my hands out, be like, yes, just give me whatever you want to like, Lord, give me that, give me that. And instead of saying like, I have to, I have to write, I write my prayer journal. I write all my prayers down, by the way. (laughs) Um, But I I literally write down, like, Lord, allow me to give myself to you instead of looking to receive. Help me to give myself. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing is, like, back to the quote, love is always giving itself away. And Jesus exemplified that the most. He gave himself away. He spent, what was it, 33 years on this earth? Not a single drop of that time he spent on himself. Oh, wow. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd love to bounce back to what you said about our society being so me focused. Mm -hmm. I think the fact that we live in a society like that is that it can erode at our sense of how to love other people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're constantly told, oh, be your best self, right? Get what you deserve. Yeah. Be who you're, we're meant to be, yada, 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 right? right? And then in that, it's so easy for us to get so focused on our own needs Mm -hmm. that we don't see the needs of others. So we can't even start to love them from the Mm -hmm. first place. Right. Um, and honestly, one of the reasons that I invited the two of you onto this particular podcast <laughs> is because, John, Leah, the two of you love so well, like, Aww. out of anybody that I know, <laughs> Thank you. the two of you are so good at loving. And what I mean by that is you will see when people have needs, yeah. and in the moment you'll be like, hey, can I do this for you? Can I do that for you? Even before I've noticed that, like, they have that need. And then in that moment, I'm like, wow, how did you do it? So a question <laughs> I have for you personally, right? <laughs> A question yes. I have for both of you, and you can answer personally. Okay. How have you trained yourself yeah. to be more aware of other people's needs and then also how you can meet that in the moment? Oh. You want me to go? If you want to. Okay. Um, I grew up in a very dysfunctional household. Um, love, love looked like hate. Um Love looked like neglect, right? Um, instead of our, instead of my siblings, I have three sisters. Instead of our parents choosing us, they chose others. Um, so when you grow up in a world where, in your mind, you have to wrestle with, why am I not loved? You know. Um, I didn't ask to be here, um, but I'm here. Um, And it is only through Jesus Christ that I'm able to accept love at all. Um, And that was hard. That's not something I learned overnight, and it's something I'm still learning now. When you're a kid and you don't feel loved, you want love. You want love to look a certain way. I could have easily taken that and become very selfish and hate the world. Um, But thankfully the Lord did not create me that way. And thank the Lord that through that, I was was able to develop a a loving and serving heart. Um, And what I mean by that is, I wanna be the love that I was not shown. Now I have to be careful because sometimes that looks like people pleasing. And that's not love, that's pride. (laughs) That's pride. 
Um, going back to what I said at the beginning, I want to love so hard that others feel the impact of the love that is inside of me. Like the love that is inside of me is the pure love of Jesus Christ. Um, and it was something that had to be developed over time because I had to trust him. Like, you know, you guys say like, like, you know, you, you respond, you grow into the person that your parents raised you to be. What about the people who parents didn't raise them? You know, um, what about the people who only experienced love in those ways where it was like, you know, physical abuse, sexual abuse, um, emotional, psychological abuse, um, how was that person supposed to just turn to a God all of a sudden that is so loving and, and it's overwhelming. Yeah. I know when I surrendered, like in that moment, Oh man, I crying way more than that. Um, because when you really taste the love of Jesus, you can't help but love even when you want to hate, even when you do hate, you can't stay in that for a long time because it's like, hold up. <laughs> didn't I do this for you? Didn't, didn't I love you in this way in spite of what you've done before? Um, so, yeah, taking all of that and just loving others is something that I just do. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, there's, there's so much love that wasn't given to me um, but by my parents or by my family. Um, but there's, I, I gained so much more love than I could ever imagine through Jesus. And I want to share that love. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where that comes from. Yeah. That's great. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> we could not have come from vastly different backgrounds. Like, <laughs> we could not have come from more yeah. different backgrounds mm-hmm. because the household I grew up in, it was two-parent household, white picket fence, anything that I wanted, I had. I had all of my needs, I had all of my wants, and I lived next door to my grandparents. So, And I grew up in a Christ-centered family, and that was the biggest thing. Like, yeah. Literally from the moment I was born, I was taught the love of Christ. And so my family instilled those values in me, and I hope I don't cry, but <laughs> literally I have had the best role models in my life, like my mom and my mother, or my grandmother, my mom and my mother, my mom and my grandmother. Um, literally, my grandmother has the largest servant's heart that you'll ever meet. She, anytime anyone comes over, she will drop what she's doing, be like, do you want something to eat? Do you want something to drink? Do you want, like, here, you can take your shoes off here. Would you like a blanket? Would you like a pillow? Anything you could ever need and or want, she provides it without like without a second's notice and so I was oh my gosh I just I love my family so much and that was what made it so hard to come to Anderson was because of my family and I was literally just instilled with those values and especially having a two-parent home with two younger siblings I watched my parents love each other through thick and thin through everything my dad quit his job about almost three years ago Oh my gosh, my dad quit his job three years ago this yeah. month. Wow. And he he was he was doing really good. He was a breadwinner. He was real up there working for pharmaceuticals for twenty years. Wow. And the Lord called him, Hey, I want you to quit your job, start your own business, not get a paycheck for two years, and basically be my hands and feet, spread the word of um 
helping raise children in my image. Mm. And my mom supported him through that and everything, showed, showered him in love. My dad's business is based on love, based on yeah. growing an orphanage in Bolivia that I've been to. And it was amazing to see how the Lord worked there. And so because I have been taught in those ways, I've been able to love and show that love that my family has given me. And literally, I've been reading this book. It's Overcome by Clayton King. Shout out, Clayton. (laughs) Um, It's the first chapter is called Getting to Know the Real God. And it's about trusting him with our wounds and the lies that God is mad at me. And that is why he's filled. That is why my life is filled with hurt and disappointment. Mm -hmm. And one of the main things he talks about in this chapter is about how We tend to create an image of our Heavenly Father based largely on our earthly father. This is a big deal. And so it's it's a huge deal because when you have those role models in your life, they're going to shape who you become. They're going to shape what kind of values you have and how you see the world because you're going to see the world through their eyes because you're going to be with them for most most of your life. And like that's how it shaped me. I... I'm I'm just lucky to have the amazing family that I do. Yeah. And it's just that's that's how I've come to love. And I mean also through the love of Jesus. I mean, he's the best example of love there is. Yeah. And the more that I read, the more that I study, yeah. the more I see his love and I the more he works in me to show love. Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. That's and good. I that's love powerful. what you said. I love what you said that your grandmother has the biggest heart of a servant that you know. Mm-hmm. Because Loving someone and being a servant, they go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. They just, they're tied together. Yeah. And that's something I'm learning because personally speaking, I struggle with being a servant, right? Yeah. I struggle with putting myself out there and putting the needs of others yeah. above my own. Yeah. Uh, but that is what Jesus calls us to do. That's what Jesus demonstrated. Yeah. In all of his life, it was yeah. a servant. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Dancing off of that, going back to Clayton's amazing book. <laughs> um, he, he quotes Philippians 2, 5, mm. 5 through 11. Oh. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking on the very nature of a servant, mm. being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, yeah. becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Mm. And it goes on for more. But it's a servant's heart. Like you're just saying, like yeah. Jesus, we've talked about this before we even started the podcast. Jesus mm-hmm. was the ultimate being. And he is the ultimate being. Yeah. He deserves all the love, all the glory, all the worship, all the praise. Yeah. And everything good should flow to him. But he humbled himself and put himself literally beneath us. He died yeah. for us yeah. and became that servant to us, mm. serving us. Yeah. And we should be serving him instead. Yeah. And we still walk around judging others, not serving them because of something they said, because of something they did. Ooh. And we walk around in that pride, like yep. you said earlier, John. And it's just sometimes not being able to love someone yeah. is a matter of pride. Yeah, 100%. And that's that's big. And... <laughs> Here's what you have to understand, mm-hmm. and here's what you have to keep in mind. Yeah. You can't go about loving people without being willing to be a servant. Mm. Yes, exactly. Yes. That's right? good. I'll speak from my own experience. It's so often to fall into the thoughts of, oh, sure, they have this need, but someone else will meet that. Ooh, right? Someone else will meet that. <laughs> For so long. For so long. Um, this is just one of my stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to go to a lot of concerts, and you know, at 
a bunch of the concerts. You know, every now and then they'd have like that um, that section in between artists where it's like, hey, here's this organization, yeah. here's this uh, ministry that we're doing where you can sponsor a child overseas, where you can sponsor them for a monthly fee, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Couple cups of coffee, just yeah. cut that out of your life, and then yeah. you'll be sponsoring, providing for the needs of someone overseas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every time, every time that came up for the longest time, it's like I'd have a nudge, like, you know, I could do this. I'm at a place financially where I could do this. Yeah. But every time, I pushed it down. I said, yeah. you know what? No, there's there's so many people doing this. It's like, I don't need to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that hurt me so much. But in the moment, I didn't realize it. But then once, you know, I sort of had like the awakening in my senses, I'm like, wow. God was calling me to do this for years upon years. And every time I had that nudge, every time I had that mm-hmm. calling. Yeah. I pushed it away. Right. So we can't love with the mindset of someone else will do it because yeah. we are that someone else. Yeah. Bouncing off of, oh, I'll just yank my headphones. Bouncing <laughs> off of <laughs> that. Take them off. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you said you were pushing down your desires uh, from God, the desires that God is giving you, mm-hmm. sometimes when we, we are suppressed things that God calls us into, and so when we are doing things that he calls us to, we get more in tune to his voice. And yes. we yeah. realize how much more he can he is calling us to do. So yeah. Yeah. when we love others more, yeah. we aren't just helping them out. Yeah. We're also helping ourselves out spiritually because yeah. we're getting more in tune to the voice of God. We're mm-hmm. learning more about his character, who he is, and we're getting to see more of how he works, how he sees. And if we keep suppressing those things, because I have done the exact same thing. You're yeah. not alone. <laughs> yeah. And so when we keep doing those things, literally, oh, my gosh. The other day I was um, – I ignored a voice that the Lord put in my head. Uh-oh. And the Lord, he came back to me, and he, he told me this in my head. If you keep disobeying me, you won't grow where I need you to. Mm. And it's like the Lord puts these little steps in front of us to keep – keep stepping like just do this that's good open the door for someone buy someone a cup of coffee show a smile those little things that he calls us to do those are things where we become more aware of his voice more aware of how concentrated his presence really is all around us and we have to obey that and if not we're not going to reach our full calling as a christian as a child of god yeah can i bounce off that absolutely okay so I know you guys have heard us mention the name Binky a lot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who for, in the world is Binky? For very selfish reasons. Binky is my girlfriend. <laughs> yes, sir. She is my girlfriend. Uh, and I love her so much. Um, and she's so wise. Um, mm-hmm. And bouncing off of what you said, um, I remember before we were dating, we were having a conversation. And this conversation was so good. And I was like, hold on. I need to get my phone out. And, you know, she's, like, spitting these things at me. And I'm like, hold on, what did you say? Say that again? And I'm, I'm taking notes. I still have these notes. Yeah. Um, and one of the things she said was, we all have a piece of God within us. And if we don't show it, that's a piece of God that the world will never get to see. So going back to what you said earlier, the love that I have that's inside of me is a piece that God has given me. Mm. God gave me this love. Like, God gave me this love so... If I don't share this love, that's a piece of God that the world doesn't get to see. Mm. Wow. Because when I love, it's not, I'm not the only one doing it. Like, I love that people come to me and tell me things and, you know, open up. But sometimes I'm like, 
please give me a second, you know? Um, but it's like, I love that I'm that easily approachable because that's not me. That's, that is the Holy Spirit within me um, because that is a piece that the Holy Spirit gave to me. Um, and I get to use that as giving mm-hmm. a piece of me, giving the deepest part of me that I thought that I didn't have back to God. Um, when, I, when I first surrendered to Christ, um, March 13th, 2020, um, yeah, yeah. A couple of weeks later, I was talking to my pastor, telling him, you know, different things. And his name's John, too. John Adams. Um, great pastor. <laughs> I will shout him out. Pastor at Easley First Baptist Church in Easley, South Carolina. He is the greatest demonstration of the love of Jesus Christ that I've ever seen in my life. Um, I would not be here at Anderson University if it were not for him. Um, I remember when he said, um, he said, do you know what your name means? And I said, no, what does it mean? He said, be loved. As a kid that grew up thinking that he wasn't loved to hear that my my very name means like be loved, that means deeply loved, dearly loved. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's insane. And and that's when I was like, Lord. (laughs) Here I am. My name means weary. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Yeah, yeah, no, but... That's that's so good. Um, yeah, man. Let's just like clap it up for Jesus one time. Yeah. Like, Jesus <laughs> is so good. Like, oh my goodness. Um, that's just like full circle. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Deep down, it's all about Jesus. It really is. Yeah. Everything in this Everything. world. Everything. And you got to realize that. I mean, it took me a while for that. In order to love like Jesus did, it yeah. has to be Jesus above all. It can't be mm-hmm. Jesus with all. Mm. It has to be Jesus above all. Yeah. What does that look like? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah my, I'll go first. Yeah, please. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you, Talon. I am still very much working on that. Yeah. Um, I think I will always be working on that because everything we go through in life is not like, oh, I, I accomplished this. Or, like, I'm past this fear now. Things always come back to revolve, and the devil knows that. He comes back to tempt us with these things from our past that still yeah. linger. Yeah. Um, but right now, Jesus above all has been um, basically – okay, so when I do my devotional time, I do my devotional time very much like a tithe. That's how I view it. Mm. It's the first part of – first fruits. Yeah. So I always try and give the first part of my day. Yeah get my mindset right, but also before I can get into anything else, I set my mind straight and give the Lord the first thing of my day because he has given me another day. Mm. And so Jesus above all is just, oh my gosh, it's so hard. It really is because in the world that we live today, we live in such a materialistic world and especially living in the U.S., I mean, we're a first world country. We got everything we need, if we're being honest. Like, even the poorest of our poor are still better than the third world countries. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so hard, especially like, I've always had everything I've needed. So it's never, it's always been hard for me to give up stuff. Like, I, coming to Anderson, I had to put Jesus above all because. I had never been away from home. I, yeah. I went to community college. I stayed at home. Yeah. This was the biggest step. Now I'm five hours away from home, yeah. Yeah. barely seeing my family. Yeah. And so it's definitely a, it's a mindset. Yes. And it's Jesus gave his all so I could give my all. And it's a constant like, okay, I can give this bit of time today to, yeah. to read my Bible and pray. Yeah. I can give this money to like 
someone who's struggling because Jesus gave me that money. And it's it's not always, oh, my gosh, it's never what am I losing. It always has Ooh. to be what is he gaining. Oh. It's It can't be about what am I losing. And that's, you. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. That's the that's biggest nasty. thing. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> gross. <laughs> but, um. <laughs> It's, it's, that's what it has to be. It can't be, what am I losing? It has to be, what is he gaining? Mm. What is the kingdom of God gaining? Mm. I have to follow that? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> mm, uh, okay, Jesus above all. That's, that's... That's so hard. That's hard. Um, that's hard. I can only speak what I know. Yeah. Um, two years ago... I was at the highest point in my life, and and I'm, I'm a Christian at that time too. Um, but I'm I'm working every I'm thriving. And do you know how many times I prayed, Jesus, I trust you, God, I trust you, Abba, you are my Father. If I lost it all today, I'll still serve you. I'll still be yours. You will still be everything to me. I left everything. God, God, called me to walk away from that security, that financial security, that, um, you know, because whether we want to believe it or not, we cannot live without money. Yeah. Um, but money is a tool. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to steward that tool well. Yeah. Um, if you overuse it, it can break. If you don't use it, it can rust, right? So it's like, now I'm in school. I'm not, you know, I have a job now, thank the Lord, but I don't have any money at all. And do you know how hard it is to, like, how, like, seriously hard it is to be like, Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I love you. Abba, you are my father. You will provide everything that I need. But those needs aren't being met. Yeah. That's hard. That's, that's, right now is the most realist. Like, I'm having to put my, my faith. Mm-hmm in Jesus where my mouth is, like putting my money where my mm-hmm. mouth is. Um, and that's hard. Um, but today in class, Dr. Chrysler, mm-hmm. once again, right? He defined faith as being, faith is not something you have, but it's something that you suffer. Oh. Wow. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that's from Luther. Like, that wasn't yeah. from Dr. Chrysler. Um, Either way. Man, something that you suffer. You know, because it's like we call all of these people to the faith. Um, but it's like we need to remind people that this life is hard, yeah. right? Um, Jesus said in John uh, sixteen thirty three. you know, picking back up where I left off earlier, in this life you will have tribulation, but be courageous for I have overcame the world. The word overcome in the Greek means I won, Mm. right? Um, And I remember looking that up. Yeah, yeah. I remember looking that up and I'm listening to how it's pronounced in Greek, right? And then it says it in English, I won. And it was like, God was like, I won. Like he whispered it. I have my headphones on and it's like, I won. And I just looked up like, whoa. Right? Like, Like, I win. Not because I'm a great athlete. Not because I'm stronger than everyone else. I won because Jesus won. Mm. 
Yeah. Jesus above all else looks like when you have nothing and you still recognize him as being everything that you need, mm. even when he's not providing. Can I put a shout out real quick? Yeah. Erica, sweetheart, you're doing amazing at that. <laughs> yes. Girl. Oh, my gosh. Mm. If you ever want to know a real, I don't know if you asked her when she was here last time, but if you ever want a real testimony to that, yes. ask her. She has yes. exemplified that in the most grace, graceful way yeah. anyone can. And honestly, I love you, sweetheart. You have been an amazing mentor to me. Like, mm. she she has mentored me. Yeah. And it, even me if too. she, yeah, yeah if she won't admit it, she, I, the growth I have, the growth I have had since I've come here has been a, ma- a major part from her. Wow. So shout out to you, sweetheart. I love you. You and Binky. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. So good. Hey, well, we are really running out of time for this podcast. No. <laughs> as no. unfortunate as it is. Oh. But before we close, yeah. I did want to ask both of you, what's one piece of encouragement that you'd like to share with the listeners for the week ahead? Mm. Mm. Ooh, I'll go. Okay. So... Speaking of love, I'm going to bounce this one off of love. My family, bouncing, um, bouncing. My <laughs> family has an acronym that basically exemplifies all of our values. And my mom started it when we were little, and she told us all the time. And oddly enough, this is what my dad's small business is based off of: uh, shameless plug, joy-filled foods. Ew. Um, <laughs> but it's J O Y is the acronym, and it stands for Jesus, others, yourself. And that is the order we are order we are supposed to serve in, the order we're supposed to love in, the order that we are supposed to walk our lives in, because that's how Jesus walked. He put others first and then himself. So if I could put that encouragement and how to to love better, that is my that is my recommendation, is to live by that. And if I ever figure out where I want a placement, I'm going to put it as a tattoo on my body somewhere. Because <laughs> I love honestly, the I need that. Con- yeah. I need that constant reminder. And it's just that's how it starts is you look up at Jesus. You start mm. walking. You bump into someone. You point them to Jesus. They yeah. start walking. You bump into someone else. Yeah. You point them to Jesus. Yeah. And you never focus on yourself. Yeah. Because like I said earlier, what was it? Love is giving away, giving itself away. If it's yeah. not if it's self-contained, it's not love. Mm, yeah. That's good. That's gross. That's real good. Everything you said needs to just be placed in the kitchen sink <laughs> and washed because <laughs> it's been gross. No, nah, it needs to soak. It needs to <laughs> and, ooh. I think we See? all need to soak it yeah, in. Yeah, that's good. Um, okay. Um, if the listeners find encouragement in this, that's on them. Um, mm. Something that God laid on my heart um, maybe about a month ago. Um, it's just kind of listening. And these are just kind of some of the thoughts that, that came to my mind. God asks us to thirst for him in a place where there is no water. He asks us to take refuge in the shadow of his wing in a place where there is no sliver of darkness. He asks us to hunger for him in a place where there is food and in abundance. That's a mic drop. <laughs> I was perfectly happy to let that soak. That's good. Mm. That is so good. 
Hey, well, thank you to the both of you for coming on to the Audacious Podcast. This has been so great. This has been so much fun. Thank you for yeah, having us. Thank you so much for having us. Of oh course. my gosh, I love it. It's been a pleasure. And my name is Talon Bulma. You've been listening to the Audacious Podcast. I hope you have a wonderful week. All right. See you later.